0: Welcome to the Arrow Podcast, my name is Richard Triggs and today's guest is Jamie Wilson, Founder and Managing Director of Your Digital File. It's wonderful to have you along today. I've known Jamie Wilson for probably about six years and over that time I've really seen his business flourish. It's a very exciting story, and he goes into a lot of detail about how he founded Your Digital File, his motivations for doing so, and a lot of the challenges and frustrations, as well as the successes that he's had along the way. But before I introduce Jamie to you properly, let me briefly introduce myself for those who are new to the Arate podcast. My name is Richard Triggs, and I'm the managing partner of Arate Executive. And we recruit CEOs, senior leaders, and non-executive directors for our clients throughout Australia. So if you have any recruitment needs in your own business, I would welcome the opportunity to have a talk to you about that. Let me now introduce to you Jamie Wilson. Jamie Wilson is the founder and managing director of Your Digital File, which offers an accessible and usable military grade patented online data storage service to provide protection against ransomware, identity fraud, information theft, leaked documents and threats related to data storage and document control. Jamie has an entrepreneurial background as an accountant, turning to cybersecurity in 2010 when it became clear to him that a highly secure central online storage solution for important documents did not exist, and existing secure solutions were weak and vulnerable to attack. Jamie now manages a team of highly skilled cybersecurity professionals in Brisbane, Queensland. With a passion for ensuring every individual has access to the cutting edge of cybersecurity and can have peace of mind knowing that their data remains secure recoverable, and solely accessible by only themselves. Sit back and enjoy this conversation with Jamie Wilson. So, no need to talk right on or off the mic, but um, I just separated in case one of us talked more loudly than the other. So we're rolling. Well, Jamie, welcome to the RHA podcast. It's fantastic to uh, have you along, and it's such a beautiful uh, Brisbane winter's day here. Uh, Thanks very much for taking the time. Perhaps to begin with, just tell us a little bit about your current professional responsibilities.
1: Well, thank you, Richard, for adding me onto your podcast. Mate, um, I'm the managing director and founder of Your Digital File, um, which is a cybersecurity organisation where we actually encrypt each and every file uniquely um, which it makes us a bow pointed difference on a global stage.
0: So, cybersecurity is a bit of a hot topic at the moment, but I suppose like most industries, from the outside you look in and you kind of think it's this homogenous thing, but I imagine actually within the space of cybersecurity, there's lots and lots of different kinds of security and kinds of services and firms and so on. So, go into a bit more detail about what you guys specifically do.
1: Sure. Richard, let me take it back to how it all began. Um, Prior to um, running your digital file, I actually was an accountant. And I would travel the world and had large files um, that I used to transfer back and forth. And then unfortunately, um, in September of 2010, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And unfortunately, um, trying to find important documentation such as your will, your life insurance, superannuation policies, was an absolute nightmare. As an accountant and being the oldest son of four within the family, um, it was a uh, left to me to be able to find all this you know, important and sensitive documentation. Yeah, and mate, if it wasn't, if Dad wasn't alive at that stage to go through that journey and find all this documentation, my mother wouldn't be w- as well looked after as what she is today. Right. So that started me on the journey of you know what, what happens if I drop dead? Would my two boys know where my important documentations are? Mm-hmm. And I thought. I don't want to be handing over wills and saying, you know, I've just brought shares in here and I've sold this and that. And I thought there's got to be a central location that all this information could go in one hub, central area, like a virtual vault. In the cloud. In the cloud, yep. Yeah, so in the cloud. And that at the time, should something happen to me, that this information... Would have has got authenticity, integrity, will stand up in court and be as good as the original. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anything on a global stage. So in 2011, I spent 12 months travelling the world interviewing four cybersecurity experts. And I suppose not coming from an IT background myself, it was a massive education learning for me. Mm-hmm. So as I've gone through this journey... Um, Never in my wildest dreams did I ever expect that we would be at the forefront or having a super, I suppose, um, superior product to even blockchain um, or um, DocuSign or or Dropbox. And that what we do is a because I really wrecked all that, didn't I?
0: But anyway, we'll keep rolling.
1: (laughs) Purely because of the way we do our encryption makes us far superior than any other global product in the market today.
0: So we may as well
1: uh, sort of do
0: a deeper dive there. So you go and see these four cybersecurity experts and I imagine you go and talk to them. What was their initial reaction to what you were trying
1: to achieve? Were they surprised? Were they enthusiastic? Were they supportive? Well, what was funny is that the people that I um, got to meet and, and had a lot of interest in it, were the people um, behind blockchain, which were part of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And um, if you have a look at our actual technology called CryptoLock, it's actually um, part of a smarter big, uh, blockchain, right. um, which can run out of digital currency.
0: Okay, have, so for people who don't understand what blockchain is, what's
1: blockchain? Okay, so blockchain is, a, um, is the technology that runs Bitcoin, so the digital currency. okay. Or that you normally find out in the world where there's a it's a black money um, so a lot of transactions so are it's done
0: purely and specifically about money yes it is blockchain that's right right so okay. it's a
1: transaction um, a lot of people have replaced it um, by using it by not having to go through banks to do these transactions right
0: yep okay so you go and see these four cyber experts yep and and what happens then
1: from there, it was a matter of going, okay, this is what my idea is. I said to them, I need, I'm trying to find a central location, a vault in the cloud.
0: Okay, so you go and see these four cybersecurity experts, and what happens from there?
1: They looked at me and said, what a great idea. Right. Um, I said, well, how do we make it happen?
0: Because there's already stuff in the market, you know, your Dropboxes and so on. That's right. But, but this was a, just a completely... New spin on it
1: for me. It was all about security. Right. Number one was about security, authenticity, integrity. Be able to stand up in court. Having an escrow agent involved, mm-hmm. so the escrow is the release. Should something happen to you, that um, this information would be um, go to your nominees. Right. So th- naturally, with the blockchain, um, they've already started that process with an open ledger of um, any transaction that they can um, trust on a global stage with different nodes. Right. Now, this is probably too technical. No, it's good. However, where the issue is in regards to blockchain is the security element of it. Right. And part of it is like a 51% attack on the actual software. So, unfortunately, if someone gets 51% control, they can take control of the whole blockchain.
0: So, just to understand that, so as a blockchain, you've got this digital currency. But it's in a digital wallet, and if somebody can hack into your digital wallet, there's no way that they can trace that money back to belonging to you, they just take it and
1: run. Well, yes. And it, there is an actual blockchain graveyard, where a whole lot of investors have put a huge amount, millions and millions of dollars into it, to be able to get their own blockchain up off the ground and running. Right. And, mate, it's just been an absolute disaster because unfortunately the 51% attack or the weakness in building that blockchain out. Right. So So basically, a lot of organizations go, well, you know what, we're gonna build our own blockchain. But why would you build your own blockchain if you've got encryption that does a far um, stronger result versus actually doing a blockchain where you're open to a whole lot of vulnerabilities?
0: Okay, so you meet these cyber guys, they go, wow, what an amazing idea. And so, where did it go from there? And then from there,
1: I cross-examined the whole, the four of them, um, over a twelve-month period to right. build a very strong patents. And the difference in the blockchain versus the crypto lock technology, yeah, it's purely having the escrow agent involved in the transaction, okay. And that we actually verify each and every one of our users. So, it, under the Anti-Money Laundering Act, um, I suppose by doing and knowing our users, you can put the trust into who you're dealing with knowing it's not a fraudulent person
0: right and so after your month of doing your due diligence and you know cross-examining these people and so on it that it was at that point then you thought this has got some actual legs so i'm going to really give this a red hot
1: go absolutely so over in the states they got the concept straight away before i even started building it right i came back to australia um, I ch- was challenged constantly all the time. You're trying to build another Dropbox. You're trying to build a, you know, another cloud solution. It was never about that. It was about building a highly secured vault that people could turn around, add all their personal information in, that your digital file had no access to it, and only in the event that should something happen to you, mm-hmm. that this information would be released.
0: Right. Okay, great. Well, let's... Um Let's come back to that and let's uh, go back to, you know, what all uh, what happened beforehand. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where you were born and your early life, mum and dad and uh, and growing up, etc. Sure.
1: Well, I um, grew up in Brisbane, so I was born in Brisbane. And um, I actually grew up in Inala. Some right. people laugh and go, well, no wonder why your security so tight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, so I'm the oldest of four. I was very fortunate. Um, dad was a hard worker and um, my mother... Grew up um, in a family of driving instructors, and hence why we have the community program um, at Corinda State High School, where we help students drive their futures um, by building their hundred hours. So we actually support Corinda State High School free of charge. That
0: was the school that you went to. That's right. That's where I went to high school. And so, what did your dad do?
1: And my dad, um, he was mainly involved with heavy vehicles, um, and also um, worked for a pathology organisation here at Queensland. Uh, yes, yeah. Okay, well. right.
0: As, okay, right. So he, he was driving, and your mum also came from this driving instructing background.
1: That's right. Wow. So my grandfather ran Auto Training Centre, which was one of the largest driving schools here okay. in Queensland. All right. In its day.
0: Okay, great. And um, and you were the oldest of four? That's right. All boys, or...?
1: No, no. So um, you've got... Um, so one, I'm the oldest being a male, then two sisters, and then a brother. Right,
0: okay. And so... Um, uh, high school at Corinda High. Yeah. And uh, when you were at high school, you know, did you have part-time jobs and so on?
1: Mate, I worked, I, I ran a lawn mowing business. Right. Um, in, even in primary school, the end of the years. And I suppose, unfortunately, you know, it, we didn't go and work for our money. We didn't have any money. It was yeah. pretty simple. Like, sure. It, so we had to go and earn for what we had. As, um, when I started um, high school, I, um, so the business really took, taken off. I mean, some, in summer, I'd be mowing, you know, three, four lawns in the afternoon after school. Right. So it was quite good. And then I used to work on the weekend. Okay. Spent a lot of time with my grandfather, um, with him, with heavy vehicles, He, uh, and and especially dealing with coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I also was a musician. Okay. So I represented the Conservatorium over in Singapore and Malaysia. Oh, what was your instrument? So I played euphonium and trombone.
0: Okay, fantastic.
1: So a bit of a muso. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought my music career would have been the passion that I would have driven forward however unfortunately there's just not enough money in it me too uh, <laughs> i was uh, you know what? i finished school and was uh, trying to be a
0: professional musician for 4 years until i rang mum and dad and said i think it's time to come back to her. <laughs> go back to uni and so um, and oh, hear so you when you're at high school were you sort of thinking about your career or your thoughts at the time were very much about being a musician? Maybe it
1: was all about music, Right. You know, I, here I was playing and representing the school, um, representing the country overseas, and I just, you know, anything I could do to get out of schoolwork, right. hey, I was there. Okay. So I used to um, travel quite a fair bit with the music side. And then the reality hit. Yeah. came out of high school, and I thought, what the hell am I going to do to earn money? Right. And... Um, a mate came to me and said, oh, there's a job going in QML. And I thought, oh, Queensland Medical Laboratories. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'll go and start there. Yeah. So I worked in the customer service area. And then a job came up in the finance area. And I thought, oh, I can do that. That's not a problem. Right. Anyway, not studying um, finance at all um, yeah. or accounting. I gave a mate a call and said to him, mate, I know you did um, accounting in high school. Can you help me out? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And he goes, when do you want it? Like, when when's the job interview? Right. I said, oh, tomorrow. But I said, we've got all night. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's how I actually got the job with them. Right. Um, I stayed up all night. Jimmy said to me, you're absolutely crazy. I said, mate, if there's a will, there is a way. Right. I said, I'll get the job. Don't you worry. So basically, I learned um, on the job yeah. and very fortunate that I had to go and do study and then i became qualified accountant
0: right so while you were at qml you went back to uni and yeah. did a bachelor of commerce or something like yeah that. yeah so right. I majored in, in okay. accounting okay and how long were you at qml for
1: qml seven years okay around about seven eight years and
0: had, did uh, your roles change anymore during that time there no
1: right. no not really no okay stayed in the finance area um and then i came out uh, and started with uh Public accounting organisation right. doing tax returns, but it just drove me crazy. Right. You know, and I felt bad charging people a fortune. Mum and dad's coming in, and you know, basically it would take me five minutes to do the work. Right. And I thought, this is not challenging enough. Here I am thinking, you know, I'm um, ripping people off. So I, I stepped out and started to run my own practice, right. my own accounting practice. And um, I suppose I was very fortunate in the talent that I was able to attract that I had four major organisations that I managed and looked after. And with those relationships, I suppose the bigger visions and running organisations and you move away from the accounting side and you look at, okay, where do we need to direct our attention? Where is the focus got to go? And how do we turn around and um, become bulletproof?
0: So these were four clients of the firm that you were doing their accounting work and you started to move into more of a sort of strategic consulting, coaching type, right? That's right. 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 Yeah. And what kind of businesses were they?
1: It, it ranged from, it was a mixture, um, so you're looking at anywhere from hospitality, right. um, building, construction, yeah. um, also down to recycling okay. as well.
0: Okay. And uh, from what I understand, that work took you overseas as well? It did, yeah. Right.
1: So we had a plant on the top of Vegas, um, near the NASTRAC track. So this was an Australian firm. It was an Australian,
0: right? And, and at that stage, were you an equity participant, or you were no? You were no. just working. for I was them?
1: too green. Okay, <laughs> um, earned them a lot of money, all and right. we also had a a, um, a pilot plant over in Beijing as well. Okay, um, so I used to run all that. But I suppose you're running on high energy. You're enjoying what you're doing. Um, enjoy meeting the people that you're surrounded with i never had done a great deal of travel so this was a great opportunity mind you you got sick of it at the end of it sure um but i did definitely meet great people as i went around
0: and learned a lot about you know running businesses too i imagine
1: which probably you know when you have a look at your digital file i've been able to watch a lot of people and certain things i think i'll never go down that track yeah where I've been fortunate versus a lot of people who, you know, jumped in two feet yep. not realising it or, or had mm-hmm. that um, uh, um, previous experience.
0: Right. And so how long did you have your uh, your own account practice for?
1: It was around about oh, 10 years in okay. total.
0: right. And that led directly into your digital file, did it?
1: Well, no. It, it, what happened is um, after Dad passing away, it was a matter of trying to find a solution yeah. that should something happened to me what about my family with my personal information but yeah. what about my clients here I am looking after these portfolios okay, yeah. I've got sensitive data we've got business strategies going on here Yeah. now if something happened to me would they know where all this information sure. was yeah. so it's more about well we're, you know wow, this just happened with Dad. Now I've got to find a solution because what about the clients as well? They'll never get their information at ease. But at that
0: time, you still had your own practice. Yeah, I did. And you still had these sort of four cornerstone clients. That's right. Okay, right. And so you went and you did your 12 months of investigation and were you running your own practice at At the the same same time? At the same time. Right, okay. Which
1: was very challenging. Yeah. But what I did do is I started to hand it over. Right. Because I thought, you know what, here's an opportunity here. Um, to build a business with your digital file. And I thought, you know, it won't cost much money, surely. Right. And I made quite good money with the projects and the commissions that I received. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, let's do it. Right. So then I started to hand over my portfolios over Two a staff member or two? no 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 Two outside because it was only basically me that so ran you the were practice. selling
0: your practice or basically just handing the no clients? handing it over yeah right okay. yeah handing
1: it over because i did quite well out sure. of it yep. um, and i knew that with your digital file here right. we go we've got a new adventure so new when time. you hit
0: that one year milestone you'd done your due diligence at that point did you jump in all boots and all and
1: no i came back from america right i thought you've lost the plot Right, you know, you've just torn up a million dollars. You have no bloody idea what you're doing. Right. And I went down to the local coffee shop and when I was sitting there having a coffee, I you know, seeing the young girl come over and I could see she was upset the waitress. Mm. And I said to her are you okay? Mm. And with that, she just burst into tears. And I thought, that's lovely. Now everyone's going to think I'm an arsehole. Right. And I've upset this young girl. Right. And what was surprising is that um, her father passed away two weeks prior. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they were losing the house and they couldn't afford it. And the um, she went to QUT and she had to leave university after being there for a first year and move with family up north. hmm And that got me thinking, how many people does this happen to? How many insurance policies do people pay? And once they've gone, no one knows about them. Superannuation policies, no one knows about them. Mm. And I thought, you know what? Not only have they got the loss that they're dealing with, but now they've got the financial issue as well, Mm -hmm. where there may have been you know, that little bit of comfort, I'm not talking about paying the home out, but that little bit of comfort to be able to help them out. Right. And from there, I wanted to make sure, no matter what walk of life you come from, that your most important documentation Mm. is always in a secured environment um, and should something happen, it can be handed over. Right. So
0: you'd already essentially, as you said, torn up a million dollars. So that was money that you had invested in the due diligence process and everything. Had At that point, prior to meeting this waitress, had you pretty much said, stuff that I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Right. Okay,
1: because I'm thinking, you've lost the plot, mate. Right. You know, what the hell are you
0: thinking? Yeah. You
1: know, go back to doing what you do best.
0: And so <coughs> you meet this waitress, she re-inspires you, you mm. know. Uh, so what happened after that then?
1: From there, it was a matter of rain, hail or shine, I'm going to pull it through. Right. While still working in your practice? Y- no, because I already started handing it over right. as I went through. So
0: you didn't have any income at this. No, right. no.
1: But I had the funds to be able to support myself, yeah. so it was okay. Uh-huh. Um, and that I, you know came to a stage. Well, if I'm going to do it, or you know, go back and earn money.
0: Right. And so, in terms of your own thinking, and the reason I ask a lot because there's lots and lots of senior executives out there who are inspired. They've got some kind of new uh idea about a new business or some innovative product or service they'd like to you know uh invest their time into becoming self-made and obviously were those things to be successful enjoying the fruits of that success at that point in your own head because you know two minutes earlier you're thinking i'm an idiot what am i doing this for yeah when you said actually i need to give this a red hot go what were the kind of things that you looked at yourself and said, well, if I'm going to do this really well, I need to make sure that I overcome these weaknesses or deal with these kind of challenges?
1: Um, I suppose my thoughts back to dad lying in bed yeah. and being helpless. Mm. Um, when I arrived back from the States and um, for the first time after uh, for the recycling plant, yeah. prior to my 12 months in, in 2011, um, he jumped out of bed with excitement to see me and mum had to leave the room because she was quite emotional right and I thought you know what there's more to life than money yeah Uh, we put such a heavy weight and emphasis and we travel constantly all the time but I think we miss out on the most important things and 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 I suppose it's the things around us that um, make us who we are today yeah and I think from that point it was a matter of you know what don't be selfish don't be one that's worried about having so much money in your bank account at the end of the day. Um, make a difference. You can see there's an opportunity. There is a need, and don't let your own family go through it. Yeah.
0: So you almost gave yourself permission to uh, to follow this path, but yeah. in looking at yourself, you know, you said, okay, well what skills do i need to develop or what relationships do i need to invest in in order to really make this as successful as it possibly could be at that point what where was you thinking at in that regard
1: i knew that i had um really good patent attorney um, right. davis collison and cave so i knew that was looked after now i need to go and find an organization um with a with a strong it background yeah. that would be able to guide me through this journey okay now it didn't happen first up. I mean, there was many trials with organisations at which I just tore up money that I just could not get it off the ground because they right. just didn't understand what I was doing.
0: And were these sort of local Brisbane-based firms or...? Yeah, you- they were. Right, but and they just didn't have the the skill level required
1: no no, i think it was too early stages no one it was thinking about security right and if you have a look at cyber security it's probably been only the last two years and especially now that you've got the emphasis saying geez we have a problem here yeah but i did go over to america um, because i was wanting to raise a million dollars right in funding and um, so in 2013 it was and here i am off to new york for the first time never been to new york and I had this investor who was all excited, very keen, and wanted me to meet um, to the larger of his board.
0: And how did you find that investor?
1: Uh, through connections okay. out of Brisbane, who yep. had a connection over in San Diego, and okay. then San Diego over to New York. Mm-hmm. And on the journey over to New York, mm-hmm. so it was a quick trip, mainly in and out, and I'm thinking, geez, I don't want to waste some money. However, I've got to go. I've got to meet them. So, you know, in the plane, the economy, fly over, stay in this, you know, dodgy little hotel near the jfk airport because they were picking me up so i didn't want to go too right. far because you know being in new york never been well when i landed i got a phone call saying he passed away on the plane oh, you're on dead. the way no 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 oh, the no, no the investor had died on, died on the plane <laughs> over to new york right i thought you've got to be kidding me right here i am in new york I got no one to meet. Right. The only person, and now my investor's gone too. Oh, yeah. So I've just invested all this money, yeah. and it's all gone. Just all boiling up. And I've got four days in New York. Did so
0: you even have the meeting still or with
1: the well, board? Well, no. But well, the family, were in shock. Oh, okay. And it was a matter of, well, we can't do anything. We, yeah. You know, we don't know what's going on. Right. Um, we can't find any of the documentation. <laughs> and I thought, oh, here we go again. Right. Um, so I thought, oh, no. And I thought, no, nah, bugger it. I'll just go into New York and um, find my way around. And, you know, being in the Apple City, Apple Capital, yeah. surely I can find an investor. Right. So... the following day you know I jump on the train early in the morning you know it's an hour and a half to get into it so I get to New York and I think where do I get off I have no idea right and I'm thinking shit what am I doing (laughs) anyway I thought all these business people in suits are getting off and I thought I'll just get off now you know (laughs) anyway I get off um, and I'm wandering through these massive buildings of New York I have no idea where I am Mm. and I go to a lady on the street do you know where Wall Street is and she goes, no, um, but do you know where XYZ is? And I said, no, I don't have a clue. And she goes, okay, well, let's see if we can work it out together. Well, then we ran into another person on the street and they said, oh, follow me. Anyway, so I get dropped off at Wall Street and I'm trying to remember this journey of how I got right. from the train station to Wall Street. Right. Anyway, I thought, okay, so here's Wall Street, here's Broadway, I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll do a list of all these, yeah. you know, capital um, venture capitalists, right? And then I'll give them, you know, see if I can make some progress. Yeah. Anyway, so I go home, come back the following day. As I'm there sitting in the coffee shop, Americans are so loud, so it's not difficult to, you know, sort of hear right. their conversations. And I thought, well, what a way to listen to what's going on. Anyway, so I'm having my coffee, making out that I'm looking busy, and. I hear these Americans go, no, you know, I've got to run the best venture capitalist and this, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, perfect. Right. That's who I need. Right. So as I get up to leave, I sort of, oh, shit, you know, get my stuff together, go out the door with them. And I go, excuse me, can I have five, seconds of, uh, five minutes of your time? And he goes, no, you've got five seconds. Right. So I said to him, I'm from Australia. I have a you know a virtual cloud solution that I'm trying to roll out. Unfortunately, my investor passed away, and I'm trying to work out, you know, would this be something that you're interested in? It's in regards to wills, life insurance, superannuation-sensitive data. Follow me. Right. That's all i got. Right. Follow me. So I'm thinking, where the hell are we going? It wasn't Donald Trump, was it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we walk down to Broadway, and then we go to the penthouse of this, you know, massive building. Right. And I'm thinking... Who are these guys? Right, and next minute they introduce me to their main, you know, um, oh, COO of the organisation, and say, yep. "You've got to hear the story." You know, here's a virtual um, filing cabinet all in a highly secured environment with security on steroids. Can you believe it? This is what he's doing. Right. And the excitement was incredible. Right. They even flew out one of their directors um, over from another state to actually meet me the following day and said, we don't want you to go anywhere. Do not talk to anyone. Right. You know, we want this deal. And I thought, okay, great. So I come back the following day. We meet this, you know, this other director, and we sort of draw up a bit of a commercial agreement, etc., yeah. as we go along. However you know as a founder and i suppose it's been with ydf your digital file is that the drive here they are they're not willing to turn around and deliver and all they're worried about is the capital and the money and the money they can make out of it but no one's worrying about how the hell we're going to build it right. and to actually commercialize it and right. take it to to the market yeah so i just sort of you know after a certain dollar value that i spent with them to mm. say okay let's get going you know it was all about rats and, and I suppose, um, the Ritz and Glamour of New York and all the lights, etc. and it just did not turn around and come to fruition. Right. So I came back to Australia, came back to Brisbane. So
0: you stayed in there, you stayed with them in New York for a longer, obviously, than three or four days. Oh, this
1: went on for about a six-month period. So you were going back So I back came and back forth. and then went back again oh, okay, right. um, with one of my lawyers yeah. um, to get the commercial agreement signed right, over. OK, yeah. Um, but there was just no movement. You know, there... Uh, they just didn't keep their word right. in regards to delivering. Okay. So I thought, you know what, this is this is it. So I gave him a call. I said to him, no, that's it. We're going to terminate the agreement. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I came back and um, I was very fortunate to be introduced to an organisation. And this one individual who was their in, um, engineer said to me, look, Jamie, if he does the owner of the business, if the owner of the business does the wrong thing by you once more... I'm going to come and work for you. And he did. Right. So he came and worked for me and I grew the team from one to where it is today. So we're a team of around about 17 as right. of to date here at um, the head office here in George Street.
0: Okay. So how long ago was it that you decided to conclude that you know potential deal with the, the PE company?
1: It would have been 2012, end of 2012, 2013.
0: Right. Okay, and so obviously there's been some other key milestones since then. Mm. So talk, talk through that.
1: Yep, so once we did a soft launch to the market, and it was about in, in March of 2014. Right. But it was about building verticals in the market to understand what do we have to do to make it a smarter product to roll it out. Yeah. Um, and that taken a good 12 months to actually get the commercialisation and the understanding of what we needed to do then the world changes and that everyone is on mobile device. Right. So putting security at ease and making sure that users can access their files anywhere on any mobile device was a challenge as well.
0: So at this point, is the business actually making any income?
1: Very small. Right. Very small, like minimal. But it wasn't about, like for me, and if you go and have a look at all my budgets and forecasts, right? it was never about getting money in the door. I basically put down to zero revenue purely because it's a heavy capital business in that layout in the early days because... Unfortunately, you can't roll out a product if it's not secure. Sure. So, all the security costs the money before you can go and deliver it. Yeah. And it's like I tell people it's like you go and get, you have a building, you get all this capital up front, then you can turn around and complete the building. Mm-hmm. But you can't turn around and re- rent the premises out yeah. until the building is completely completed. Sure.
0: And so, this whole way through, once the VCPE deal fell over, is all self funded. That's right. Right.
1: Yeah. And so, so then I gave up and I sold everything pretty much.
0: All of your personal assets? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah um, to be able to invest into mm. it, to Including get Including a beautiful the ground. car, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had a GT, Continental, right. uh, Bentley, so yeah. that went as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have my home, um, as, you know, still have my home, but it's yeah. full of debt now. Right. Um, but, you know, that's part of life and a lot of the shares and et cetera. As yeah. I've gone through, mm. I've um, let that go as well. Um, but I suppose at the end of the day, I've um, got a good family around me. Um, I'm very lucky there. And my mum turned around and said to me, Jamie, don't worry. If you lose everything, I can make a tent look really good. Right. So, And I thought, you know what? There you go. It's not all about money. You yeah. can have... Good friends around you, and have laughs, sure. and not have the money. Yep. You know, so it's a matter of you know what you have to deliver. And I suppose those sort of things mm. keep in my head, my mind, and keep me moving mm-hmm. forward. So especially when I've got challenging times.
0: And so, where's the business at now?
1: Why do you have right now is at commercialisation stage. Okay. The product is at a stage, you know, um, to be able to roll out on a large scale, yep. um, so it's about building those relationships, working with the um, large organisations and government to be able to crack through and to be able to start building and getting the name out.
0: So if you think about, you know, what is an ideal client, you know, in terms of the type of organisation and how they would use it,
1: tell us a bit about that. Mm. Well you've got two markets, you've got the consumer market, where you've got, uh, as we've seen beginning of the year, where you had Cyclone Debbie rip through, right, and you've got people out there trying to get all their details and and photos and pictures and everything like that um, that can't be replaced when they yeah. lose it in natural disaster. right. So what I'm wanting to do is work with one of the local councils um, or a Queensland council and being able to say, you know what, here's a your digital file account to put all your precious moments and also your most important documents in and tax returns and whatever it may be, yeah. so that in the time of devastation, number one, look after your family, look after your animals and get the hell out of there. Right. So and so
0: the the council would essentially fund that for their constituents?
1: That's right. Right, okay. So because it,
0: otherwise, if mum and dad just funded themselves, they pay, what, like a monthly a, f- yeah, licence fee? That's it. right,
1: so a dollar per month. Right, $1 per $1 month. $1 per month for right. 200
0: megamo- megabytes of data. Okay, right. Okay, and <coughs> so that's one type. And so what are you hoping that if one council picks that up and, and it's a, a success then it there'll be you know a much greater interest in rolling that's that right out. right okay. that's right
1: I mean today if you go and have a look at a lot of those um, disaster recovery yeah. um, h- hubs that have been set up and committees right the solution is a USB. Right. Well, the problem with USBs is the ransomware yep. that can be installed at the time of um, receiving them. Yeah. Uh, but also, when you've got devastation, mate, the last thing you're worried about is where is that USB? Yeah, for sure. I mean, w- I was, we're working with Hummingbird House right currently. And Hummingbird House is a great organisation with palliative care.
0: I've had Paul on the podcast. Yeah, he's a great man. Yeah. And
1: one of the challenges is, you know, with the family is losing... Um, the pictures of these children or, or the videos. Mm-hmm. So with YDF solution, they can, you know, live stream it, be able to record it or keep it in a, a secure environment where this information will never be lost, yeah. nor do you have to worry about being hacked.
0: Right. Okay. And uh, I imagine another potential client would be the big insurance companies saying as part of your insurance policy, we provide you with a, a YDF um, uh, log in as well.
1: That's right, yeah. So there's multiple avenues that we're looking at taking it. Okay. Um, I suppose that the wins that we're having currently, uh, some have um, sold traders where they've got, you know, one man band where they're running, doing a whole lot of information um, and that and their systems have been held to ransomware. Um, The advantage of YDF is that they can have access on the run. They don't have to worry about being attacked by ransomware. We're the first organisation that actually can detect the activity of ransomware and be able to roll back. So you haven't got the fear of having to pay the money, nor your information being leased to the public.
0: Wow, okay. So that's your your sort of mum and dad B2C business. Mm. And
1: what's your other type of client? So when you're looking at a a larger organisation and government body, you look... About sensitive data being transmitted or um, exchanged on a larger scale, but also from an organisation, you've got permission controls of who is allowed to view the document, who should, and who you know at different stages are being revoked. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at risk and compliance, it's a great solution in that it does have date and time stamp. Mm -hmm. Um, No one can alter a version of a document. The only way you can do it by is creating a new version. Right.
0: Okay. And uh, and so. Currently, it sounds as though you're looking towards the Queensland environment Mm. for, you know, the council client and the, you know, but I imagine that the global stage is much more significant for you.
1: Absolutely. But I suppose I'm a very passionate uh, Queenslander. Right. And especially here in Brisbane, we have a lot to be able to offer. I know one of my challenges has been building the brand awareness and taking the name. And I think we're doing a good job of getting it to where it is today to be able to start to really... um, receive the return that we've, we've invested.
0: You've had a few false starts in terms of trying to get some outside external um, uh, expertise, mm. uh, but you know, to really take the business to its full potential, I imagine you've had to lean on you know, a whole heap of subject matter experts and different kinds of people who are the kinds of you know, organisations you're working with now.
1: Well, to be honest, Rachel, we have a wide range of organisations that we're actually engaged with. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately couldn't turn around and... um Roll out the solution any time earlier than this year. Yeah, um, as we did have a few challenges with Apple t- accepting the product because of the level of security that we have. Right um, now, those obstacles have been moved, and we're we're through. And it's App, mobile. Apple
0: to be able to use it on an Apple iPhone, I, on an Apple, yeah, on yeah. I, any iOS platform. Okay, right, okay. Um, so
1: any mobile device these days that um, you can actually have that. You know, sign up and be able to download the app and be right. able to access your files on the run. Okay. So it's now that we're ready to really move on any industry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my focus right now is local right. market. It's very strong local. Yes. Over the years, I've thrown a massive a net um, to cast um, interest and to be able to educate and let people be aware that um, here we are. There's a new technology coming out of Brisbane. Yep. Um, the biggest advantage we've got is that we can replicate what we have and move into any country mm-hmm. and be governed by the um, the da- data sovereignty laws. Right.
0: But what's the risk that somebody else can just say, oh, that's a great idea, I'm going to do it as well?
1: It's the first time, and a lot of security experts that I've come across cannot believe that I've been able to give the control back to the consumer. Right. Um, the level of how do you, you know, turn around and balance security and also consumer. Yeah. And they're just, you know, wow, I can't believe you've done it. Right. Um, where you normally find and you see a lot of organisations that have felt the ransomware attacks and yeah. only recently this year, it's purely because of the users. Unfortunately, you know, users are the most weakest point mm-hmm. in our solution as yeah. well. However, should something happen and they be attacked or they give access away, we can actually break it down and and put a stop to it or roll back to previous versions.
0: Yeah, but I suppose uh, what's to stop Dropbox and saying, wow, they're doing – I really like that idea. We're going to do Dropbox version 2.0 and have that as well.
1: Yeah. For them, it would be easier to turn around and engage with YDF as we have a live solution to be able to roll out. Right. Um, we're ready to roll and move and commercialise the product. Right. So it's about speed to market. Okay. And also for someone of that calibre, I mean, Dropbox and and also DocuSign. Yeah. I mean, we've only seen DocuSign in the last few weeks where all their users were breached and were hit with ransomware saying we have a contract from, you know, DocuSign because that's who they signed up with. Yeah. And um, have lost, you know, access to their systems. Um, where you've got a solution of your digital file is that we turn around and be able to enhance their product offering.
0: Right. Okay. And so, you know, looking to the future, if you would have looked 5 years from now, where would you hope that uh, the business is at then?
1: It would be a household name.
0: Okay. Globally. Globally. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, my this year we'll roll out into the US. Yeah. and that will follow by the UK. There is great interest in regards to ensuring there's a back door Um, for, you know, encryption side of business. Um, Your digital file does it well in that we have an escrow agent already built in. Right. Um, So there's no issue in saying if we've got illegal activity Mm -hmm. or should there be law enforcement, um, would we work with them? Absolutely, we'd Mm -hmm. work with them. However, they would need to go and get two warrants, one for your digital file and one for the escrow, because they are separate, to be able to gain access to those files
0: but uh in order to crack say the US market you know mm. from a purely from a marketing point of view sure. i imagine that must be a massive undertaking
1: i would partner and Bye. i'm in conversations already with a couple of organizations over in the states um, to be able to roll the solution out Okay. but no i as no we wouldn't do it from here no right sure no it'd be crazy <laughs> <laughs> and i mean the, you've got people in the market they're, they're globally recognized as well who i'm yep. dealing with over in the states um, it's a matter of saying, okay, let's start moving. I will be back in the States um, next month right. um, to be able to continue those negotiations moving forward.
0: Okay. Obviously, you know, when you were just a young boy, you had this entrepreneurial spirit to go out and start your own lawn mowing business and so on. Yeah. And you came from, you know, a, a, a humble beginnings, but with parents who probably were quite supportive of you having, you know, a commercial acumen. What do you think are some of the other characteristics that have you know enabled you to be able to weather a number of storms and, and actually have the confidence and the skills to get, you know, the business to where it is today?
1: A favourite saying of mine is feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. Um, I suppose here I was with my accounting practice, moving forward, worrying about the money, you know, making sure look what I'm doing. And I suppose the reality came to me and it was hit in my face was basically seeing dad in his final days and i thought you know what there's so much more to life than just money so a lot of my challenges these days i have a look and i go is it really that bad is it on my deathbed where i can't even move or do anything no it's not you know what put your energy and going in the right direction mm-hmm. and you'll attract it to mm-hmm. be able to move forward mm-hmm. so i suppose a lot of it's that uh, but also honesty right. honesty to be able to just have an open conversation. Um, People, some people try to take advantage of you. For me, more fuel them.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's sort of attitudinal stuff. What about in terms of, you know, hard core skills as a, um, uh, you know, in terms of your business acumen and Mm. leadership and so on? Mm. what, What are some of those that you've really worked hard to develop and enhance over time?
1: That's definitely been a learning curve for me, and even down to talking. I've engaged with um, Christelle Canyard to be able to do it as a personal developer and that every Monday to help me be able to hold a conversation around a table purely because I used to be in a boardroom all the time right. and it was all strategical. So when you go and do anything out to, you know, for the company profile, I struggled. I could hardly string a sentence together right. because it was all strategical talk. Yeah. Um, probably still have that problem probably. today. <laughs> uh, but I that, that was a challenge. But you'd lean on the good people around you because yeah. everyone's willing to help if you turn right. around and put your hand out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the staff, if, you know, my executive team, I have a great executive team, and I've, you know, I've got to let them do learn the ropes as well and if the recruitment is the wrong recruitment, well you know what? They're the journeys they've got to go on and learn from so that next time they know what they're looking for to yeah. be able to induce in to the home.
0: Sure. Okay. All right, great. And uh so we've talked a lot about business today and uh, about your vision for the future and what you've been able to achieve. When you're not at work, what are the things that you enjoy doing to uh, you know, keep you enthused and full of
1: life? Yeah, mate, I love the farm life. Okay. I love the country. Um, so a lot of the time, I will get up onto the farm and um, just relax and just chill, um, go for a wander, jump on the tractor, right. go and slash the yard. Um so pretty. So we've got one at Livingston Shire. Okay. Up there. How big is that? Just north of Rocky. Just over 500 acres. Wow.
0: And what do you uh, do with that?
1: Mate, it just sits there for the time being. Uh, purely no because we don't have... No, right. no. But that's purely because we don't have the time to be up there and right. um, be able to run it.
0: Uh-huh. So basically you just mow the grass. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, i take the boys up
1: and go motorbike riding All right. and they love it up there. And nothing like going to the caves pub.
0: Right, that's the local, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the local, yeah.
1: Cave's pub, mate. It's a great pub up there. So if you're ever up that direction and you're looking for a good steak, drop in there. Fair
0: enough. And I know through our friendship, uh, you enjoy a good meal.
1: That I do. You don't have a figure like this and not (laughs) eat.
0: (laughs) So, you know, one of the reasons for this podcast is for people listening in, who are aspiring business owners or aspiring CEOs or whatever to hear the story of those who have walked the path before them and Mm. get some wisdom and some learning and so on. You know, if you had to sort of end up the podcast with some of your key learnings during your career or, I mean, you've spoken about a lot of things already, but, you know, if you were standing in front of a group of people, you know, what would be some of the key messages that you'd uh, want to pass on to them?
1: follow your passion Right. Um, if you, it, I, I follow my gut a lot as well um, and don't turn around and second guess it because half the time you come back and go geez, I should not have done that mm. just keep on driving forward learn by the lessons the challenges some days that you have in front of you do you know what it'll be different tomorrow and you'll be over that obstacle
0: mm. and yet you know in your space technology startup I, you know for every success there are probably hundreds of failures mm. Um, I imagine a big part of doing it well is knowing when to say no and when to actually uh, say, you know what, as passionate as I am, you know, I need to bring some commercial intelligence into this. Mm.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's been – part of the journey is that we've had a whole lot of um, interest and from many, many different industries – However, you've got to be focused on what you do. One of the things we do well is, and we do great is security. Number one, security. So we're not worried about storage. We're not worried about doing all these extra, um, uh, I suppose, um, business activities outside because our primary focus is security. Yeah. Yes, storage comes second to it, but, you know, let's secure the data.
0: Right. Niching and be, being very... Uh consistent and rigid to what is the core part of the business. That's right yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. Okay, great. And I
1: suppose and I'd never forget you know where the journey started and right. it was with the consumer market. Sure
0: and, uh, and so once your digital file is happening and you've achieved this sort of global brand recognition and so on, you know, do you see yourself moving as a you know, a, a, a serial tech startup guy, or is, have you done this once and so? Four, I, I don't want to actually have to do all that again,
1: Right, I wouldn't do another startup. Right. <laughs> um, this has been the most challenging time of my career. Mm. And, um, however, in saying that, I definitely would help other startups mm-hmm. um, in the early stages of becoming. Um, you know, helping them out with that journey of when it's a new and mystery, and not having the connections and not knowing. Um, the people around you, but I do take off. Uh, you know, give credit to Steve Baxter um, with RCL oh, River yeah. City Labs and okay. what he's achieved there. And um, has he was...
0: been involved in mentoring you? No, not at all. No, right. but I
1: was with. Um, I, you know, I've, seen, I've watched their journey. Yeah, um, we started our journey earlier than what River City Labs started. Yeah. Um so it was a very new concept, but um, seeing what they're doing there, I think they're doing an incredible job right um, and it's great to see that the energy and the focus in what he's doing yeah as well.
0: Are you starting to see other you know people looking at your success and coming to you and saying, Jamie, you know can you uh support and uh, you know us with some wisdom and some mentoring
1: i do i do um so i you know I take them through my journey. Um, and i say you know be cautious here and you know these are the lessons that i've actually learned as i've gone through because of my naivety Mm -hmm. or lack of understanding i do tell them that they don't need to know everything Um, work out what your strength is what your weaknesses are very important to know um, your strength and with those weaknesses go and find people and you may think it's a lot of money in the early days but it's a very small amount of money and that they will. You you'll get ten times amount sure. back yeah. on those um, what you invest. Yeah, and with.
0: you're involved in quite a lot of altruistic endeavours too. You mentioned the uh, drivers program at the school, mm. and you you briefly mentioned Hummingbird House. But tell you about some of your uh, you know the the charity work that you do.
1: So um, I've just uh, with Hummingbird House, where we will be. Um, engaging on a monthly basis and having a couple of staff members to go out to Hummingbird House to be able to run some of the gadgets um of the facility so not just you know your digital file program but to actually um you know help them out when they've got photo shoots or you okay. know little electronic games or robots and things right. like that okay. and i think it's really important to for the staff as well we're you know it's a family environment yeah and they need to see the changes in what we do and how it benefits a lot of people out there yeah. and also giving back to the community um and and you know, I mentioned to the staff the other day, would they all be interested, you know, take, rotating it around? And all of them yeah. thought it was a great idea and are very excited to be able to give back.
0: Oh, that's good. And then uh, at the school, you you know, for learner drivers, you've got provided a car and a driver, as that That's right, Jeff. Right, yep. right yep. full-time?
1: Full-time, full-time. Committed to Corenda State High School. Okay. Um, where the students, you know, where they're coming from different backgrounds and can't afford or the parents are working big hours and cannot, um, you know, take their children out for driving, right. well, that solves that problem. Yeah, right. And only last week we had our first um, student come through yeah. and receive his licence. Oh, cool. So very exciting. Right. Um, and did take your digital file to go and get do his licence as well with Queensland transport. Okay, excellent. So very exciting.
0: And as I was coming in, you mentioned a third charity you're involved with. What's that one?
1: Okay, that's um, to deal with arm care. Right. So that is in relation to um, refugees that um, who... Are in coming into Australia right. and what they what Claire, the founder is doing is helping them be able to bring all their medical records be able to facilitate the health and um, psychiatric care that's required for these individuals right
0: okay fantastic
1: so oh, naturally oh. you've got a whole lot of sensitive data around that too
0: sure well, it sounds like you're a very busy man, so I'll let you get on with your day. Uh, Jamie, thanks very much. Anything you've wanted to finally add or leave the uh, No, I much discussion? appreciate
1: it, and I'm very excited to be you know, in your top 100. <laughs> very important to me. Oh, good. All
0: right, Jamie, <laughs> well, have a great afternoon.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Richard.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us today on the RHA Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jamie. I look forward to having you along for future episodes. And in the meantime, have a fantastic week.